It comes in a box, counterculture coffee, different from the norm, looks but like also a, modern. Looks like a miniature cereal box. It's even got the little tab like a cereal box. Yeah, you could bust it right open, yeah. pour some milk into the miniature snack cereal box, <laughs> coffee-os. If you got this bag ground, you could just pour hot water in the bag and brew right there. Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 62. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and with me is my good friend, Eric Rauch. Good afternoon. I, it, this is afternoon, right? Top of the day to you, sir. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm so used to saying good morning, but it's not morning. It's, I guess it's evening. Is it evening? Who knows for sure when people listen to this? Good day, Joe. I picture all of our listeners get up at five o'clock sharp. They go out for a jog and they listen to Top Brew to start their day. That's what they do. That's what you envision, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's normal behavior for listening to podcasts. It's what all the podcasters do. They strap it on to their shoulder. They have their iPhones. They strap onto their shoulders. They use their Bluetooth earbuds. It's what all the cool kids do. The year is 2025. <laughs> So we have a few things to talk about. We should jump right in because uh, if we don't, we're not going to cover everything. Let me open up this here app I put onto the side and I use for something while I record. There we go. All right. Now we're ready to jump into the show. I'm using my computer like a pro. Uh, first of all, Eric, we have some follow-up this week. This is pretty nice. It's pretty nice when we listen, we hear back from our listeners. Right. So hello, listener David Biddicks. He wanted to tell me some things about Pepsi Cola. So, you know, we talked about them a couple of weeks ago on the show. Yes. And it was necessary to be corrected. So here's what David had to say. He said, Pepsi Cola is now based in Purchase, New York, but it was invented in New Bern, North Carolina by pharmacist Caleb Branham in 1893. So there's our South roots of the Pepsi Cola company. Based in North Carolina. Oh, 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 because that's that's what we talked. Yeah, we were. I, I said I, I saw for, that that truck about a Pepsi or a Southern tradition or something like that. Yeah, they they don't seem like a Southern company to us anyway. And North Carolina is kind of like a country unto itself in some respects, like Texas, only lesser so. It just still feels no, a little bit removed from the I South. Don't I don't know what it is. It just to me, Pepsi seems like like it, it doesn't it, feel like it, it doesn't belongs. have a locale. Coke, and maybe that's just because I, I live in Atlanta, but I, I have a feeling that even even before I lived in this area, I knew that Coke and Atlanta kind of went hand in hand. But I, I've never had that understanding with Pepsi. Like Pepsi comes from, I don't know where, you know, no, it, it yeah. just, it doesn't, it never really had a home to me. So when I saw it, it pretending to have a, a, a Southern home it just didn't sit right. Well, it's not the kind of business that has capitalized on their backstory. You don't know yeah. much a lot about Caleb Branham. Uh, I, I don't know that anybody has ever heard of this guy before, except for Wikipedia. And, <laughs> yeah. and so there's a couple other things that David pointed out. It's actually quite the Southern tradition to be a hive of soda jerk innovators and okay. craftsmen. Because we got Coca-Cola, we've got Pepsi-Cola. And I knew one of my favorites, Cheerwine, which is another independent software, soft drink company, <laughs> excuse me, is based in North Carolina as well. We also have Mountain Dew, and they originated in Johnson City, Knoxville, Tennessee. Originally, they was invented as a mixer for whiskey. Oh. So I'm going to have to investigate that much further. Uh, I had no idea. Mountain Dew. 
Makes sense, though. I can see it. I can almost taste it in my mouth. Right. We'll have to follow up about that. It's, uh, Top Brew is expanding. We're, we got some new verticals here. We're going to cover more about soda. <laughs> We're expanding the lineup, I guess, inadvertently. Yeah, there's a... Um and I think it's I think it's Wink Soda, if I if I remember right. This is going back to my college days. But we used to make we used to make these little things called tequila slammers. You put tequila in a shot glass, and I think it was Wink. You put Wink Soda. I don't even know if you can get Wink Soda. Never anymore. heard of it. Um, you, you you put that in there, and and you take it and you slam it on the table, and it instantly turns to foam. Like the whole thing just goes just turns to foam, and you shoot it down, and it tastes. You don't taste the tequila hardly at all, and it's just it's like it's like froth in your in your mouth. Wow. Um, so that's why when when you said that Mountain Dew was originally made as a mixer for whiskey, that combination of those two makes in my mind's drinking eye. I can kind of make sense of that. You've always been fond of what was it, Moxie? What, yeah. What's the story behind that? Why did uh, you like Moxie? Because because uh, it was always there when I was growing up. See, it's not down here. No, it's not here in the south. Yeah, I, th- I, I it must be some like New York or Pennsylvania thing. Mm. Um, and my grandfather always had it. Yeah, th- they had very few treat type things at their house. There was, there was very, very few sugary sweets or, or other things like that. But one thing he always had out in the garage was, was a case of Moxie. If you've never had Moxie soda, I don't even know if it is. I don't even know if they call it a soda. I think they just call it Moxie. But if you've never had it, it's worth kind of seeking out and trying it because it's, it doesn't have the flavor, the sweet, sweet flavor of um, soda as we're, as we've become used to it or expect it. It's got a bit of a, a bitterness to it that's that's a little bit hard to explain, mm. but but it's yeah it's good, um, but it's it's definitely an acquired taste. You, people that have never had it before don't pick it up and be, and 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 like wow that where have you been all my life? You know that just doesn't happen. I think I tried it once about a year ago. I can't remember what I thought of it. I yeah. want to have some more. I'll probably pick it up on my next vacation when I'm up north. Yeah, it's it's an acquired taste, and uh, it's it, but but it's not it's not a soda that that once you finish one, you think, ah, oh, I need another, you know, and gotta no. pop another one. <laughs> One's usually enough. Nice sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> another one of my favorites is Cheer Wine, which I mentioned before. If you do try it, I recommend you get it with original sugar, not with the high fructose corn syrup. For a long time, they had the sugar and not the sugar substitute. And then they caved about five, 10 years ago. I feel really frustrated about that. You can still get it in the bottle with the sugar and it's great. It's like a cherry flavored Dr. Pepper. And mm. it's true to the South. It's true to the Carolinas. It feels appropriate there. Oh, but, so it's, so cheer wine is, it, that is the flavor. That, mm-hmm. I thought there was different flavors of cheer wine. Is it cheer wine, cheer it's wine? It's the it's one just, and only. It's just one thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there's a diet version, I believe. Oh, but, all right. Never tried it. You know, it's a little known fact, Eric, that my grandfather experimented with soft drinks. Really? He did a lot of things. Uh, Truman Darnell, he was a barber. He was a composer. He was a music artist. He made some music albums. He was a church worship singer leader. He was in the choir. He was a radio show host. A renaissance man. He did too much. He went to war. And at one point when he was doing some work for someone, um, I think it was maybe as an auctioneer. No, it was after the war. Anyway, one of these times he was paid for a big job with like two tons of sugar. What was he to do with all the sugar? Oh, he was paid in sugar. He was paid in sugar. <laughs> yeah. So he, what was he to do with all the sugar? Well, he took it to some place where they would make him a soft drink and he made up his own, you know, beverage 
and he named it Trumanade. His name is Truman. Huh. Trumanade. <laughs> Nobody saved one bottle. Are you serious? It, it, it so annoys me. Have you, was, have you looked on, on like eBay? and I uh, have. Really? Everywhere. And nobody knows of Truminade. There was about 2,000 bottles made. And yeah, <laughs> nobody in the family thought to hold on to. And uh, it drives me nuts. Uh, many years ago when I was just getting started as a graphic designer for fun, I actually created labels for what Truminade might look like now if it had been around all these years. Been updated with the times, made a two-liter bottle kind and a, you know, a 20 ounce bottle you know like wrapper for the bottles oh and so customized. you don't even know anybody who who nobody, saw a bottle and could tell you what it looked n- like right nobody even has a picture of it but oh, everybody wow. but everybody in the family tried it and they said it was kind of like a carbonated lemonade so really yeah um all right so we're going to move on in the show we got uh you eric did something recently involving hot tea what's I did. that about betrayal you're no. turning your back on us <sighs> No, no, it's not. It's not that at all. Um, okay, you're a spy. You're checking out the other scene. No, I don't think it's that either. <laughs> it's it's an expansion of my world. I mean, I like tea. You know, I've never been a, a huge fan of of black teas of things. You know, like English breakfast or or any any. I've just if I do drink tea, usually it was it was a it was a green tea. Um, I usually gravitate toward green teas, and I just didn't really know much about tea. Well, one of my friends is a friend with the lady who owns this this tea shop over in uh, in Shambly. She, she's owned it for about eight years. She invited me to come over and do a private tasting with with my wife and I, mm. and it was it was really really cool. She's kind of like like me in regards to tea. You know, she's very passionate about it, has a lot of a lot of knowledge, but also is is just very consumed with learning more. And I was impressed by the picture I saw your wife shared that has like all the different teas up on the wall. It just looks fabulous. Oh, it's crazy. She's got, um, I think there's a, there's 140 different teas and then, and then they blend too. So there's, there's you know more than, more than 200 varieties of, of tea available there to you. She does a lot of wholesale work with, with restaurants, cafes and other things like that. One thing that I did learn is that tea is similar to coffee in the regard in, in the way that, Tea is tea. I mean, there there are there are different varieties of the tea plant, but for the most part, black tea, oolong tea, green tea, and white tea, the only difference between them is how they're processed. Hmm. So you can have one coffee processed a couple different ways. It can be it can be natural processed. It can be washed. It can be um, semi washed. It can you know there's honey and when processed. You, and when we talk about processing, we're talking about what the farmers are doing in the drying stages of the coffee plants or the cr- coffee seeds. Yeah, it's typically not what the farmers are doing unless they have their own their own wash station or their own processing station. Oh. There are there are people who process for a living that that's what they do. So the farmers hmm. will bring their their coffee to them, they process it. And so, so when you process it different ways, you can take the same bean and get 12 different results. Yeah, you can, you can get different just like if you take the same coffee and you and you make it in in different brewing devices mm-hmm. it's going with different temperatures device, and yeah. different gr- fineness of grind it's going to add its own its own voice to the symphony so to speak but you wouldn't have thought it though because there's really not much you, you can perceive that you're changing about the variables you yeah. think you're just not changing that much yeah hmm. yeah but but that that little difference makes a lot but um but tea is the, is the same way so you could have conceivably you could have one field of tea that is processed four different ways. You know, some of it's turned into black tea, some of it's turned into um, oolong tea, and 
oolong is kind of like semi-washed. Black would be fully fermented or th- the most fermented. Oolong is partially fermented. Green is very, very slightly fermented. And white is um, not really fermented at all. So um, you've got these differences in tea that are, um, that are due to how they're processed, which I found to be fascinating. And I found that I really like white tea. So I, apparently I like minimal processing in tea. It sounds like a light tea. It doesn't sound like a very strong tea. It's describing the way the leaves look, not 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 the way that the... Now, it is a lighter tea in the cup. If you've ever had green tea, you know, a lot of times it can be kind of earthy. Yes. has a little bit of... of uh, um, Tart. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's also got like almost like a grassy mm-hmm. type taste to it. White tea, or at least the white tea that, 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 that we got and we've been making on um, the last couple of days... It's very smooth. Mm. It's got the taste of green tea, but without that grassiness. It's just got a very nice, uh, smooth brown taste to it. And I was going to ask like you it. where you would recommend listeners explore hot teas if they got into it. Would you tell them to start with green tea and work their way to white tea? Or it's, yeah, I mean, there's no personal preference. Um, one of the things I appreciated about the way she arranged everything was that she arranged it by caffeine level. So you know, black tea has the highest amount of caffeine. Oolong has has a little bit less. Green has less, and then white has white has the least amount of caffeine. So that's one of the ways that she categorized everything in in her store, and then and then from there, you know, within the black tea category, you break that out into different into different varieties and different types. It's all what you're used to. I I'm not a big black tea fan, so I would, would gravitate toward the other end of the spectrum anyway, toward the white and the greens. Does tea fit into your regular drinking routine now, or is this still something you're just experimenting with? No, I've—I mean, I've always been um, a fairly regular tea drinker. Hmm. I'll drink a cup or two of of tea a day, usually at night. Um, it is as a close to bedtime beverage. I, I can't remember what the what the chemical that's that's in it, but it, but it, but there's a in addition to the caffeine, there's this this other this other chemical in tea that has a calming effect. Tea is known to be known to be calming. As a shout out to Connie, um, I would say if you're at all interested in tea, um, check out her website, ezentea.com. Um, the name of her store is Zen Tea. She just adds an E to it for the website. So it's ezentea.com. Awesome. Go check them out. If you ever want to bring some tea in here for a taste test, we can do that. We can make a special one-off appearance of hot tea on the show. Hey man, it's top brew, right? Well, my tea thing is, is, is that I don't know tea as well as you do. I would enjoy just a taste test of the green tea alongside of the white and the black okay. just to say, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Because I have the general impression that the varieties are comparable or they run parallel to the world of coffees. Mm-hmm. So dark teas are comparable to dark roasted coffees. And I just don't know. No, not so much. But, really? but they, are, yeah. they are higher in caffeine. So it that- has a lot more to do with the processing and less to do with the roasting because uh, tea doesn't really get roasted. Right. Some areas in, in Japan do like a, almost like a smoke. They'll do a, a subtle smoke on it. I have tasted a little bit of that tea at Tiavana. Mm-hmm. Loved it, mm-hmm. but not something I would ever want to drink on a regular basis. Yeah. Very unique. That's the thing about teas is that you can end up with what tastes like something very specific in a cup of tea. Yeah. And Tiavana does it all the time. It's like 31 wonderful flavors of tea. It's the Baskin Robbins of tea. You can yeah. go in there and I would like to have what tastes like a s'more in a cup by the campfire right now. Yeah. And what it would taste like at 10 p.m. And they can give you that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I never really thought my, of myself as a tea guy, but going into that and uh, I was really fascinated and I could easily see myself falling down the, 
down the rabbit hole of tea one day. That'll be the tea cast. <laughs> well, okay. So I want to say thanks to our continual sponsor. We love them. Magic Coffee Truck. They've been wonderful to us and we hope that you were wonderful to them and they will be wonderful right back to you. What is a magic coffee truck, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Imagine a wonderful world like Oz or something. I don't know. A world where handcrafted coffee is prepared for you in the back of a cleverly constructed motor vehicle called a truck. I guess this is a little bit more like our world. It's like a taco or ice cream truck that delights patrons in the town square by turning any moment into a fantastic one with delicious fresh coffee. Like it came out of a fairy tale but only one that was brewed in the coffee laboratory on the magic coffee truck. This is Sharon's dream to tour the country and serve coffee lovers, her culinary marvels and bring caffeinated sweets to you. And to get Sharon and her truck on the open road, she first needs to get a truck. So she's handcrafting some of the finest coffee edibles that you can imagine and selling them from her web store to steer her business in that direction. Magic coffee trucks are no ordinary confections. We're talking about English style coffee, toffee, and coffee, toffee infused cascara syrup. She's got her own bottled cold brew coffees now, good in season. And there's so many delicious other edibles to be had from the magic coffee truck, like the chocolate dipped coffee marshmallows. They're great. You can get them as these pillowy little marshmallows you break into pieces, or you can get them on a stick. If you want a little coffee, uh, and like caffeine jolt. You can get them from the marshmallows, which is unheard of. Yeah, they're 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 really like espresso covered coffee beans, but they're not nearly as overwhelming as a chocolate covered espresso bean. If you are interested in the Magic Coffee Truck, you need to check them out. I just think that everything that she has is mighty impressive. And then if I am ever going to get anybody a special gift, this is the kind of thing I want to send them. If you don't believe me, shop for these stupendous handmade delicacies at magiccoffeetruck.etsy.com and help Sharon, the culinary wizard and truck driver, take her craft to the open road. Use discount code MAGIC2ME20 to get 20% off any order. And my sincere thanks to Sharon for supporting Top Root and making the world a better place from her coffee laboratory. I love seeing laboratory. So different. And if she ever drives her truck in Europe, it will be a laboratory. <laughs> That's what's going to happen when they franchise, when they branch out. So next, I wanted to talk about my trip down to Atlanta. Yesterday, I was in there for a work conference. And while there at this convention center, it's called the Louder Milk Convention Center, they had a delicious meal plan. So while we started the event early in the morning, they were serving breakfast and they had these granola bars and they seemed like glued together with peanut butter and dipped in honey. They were just delicious, like something off of the magic coffee truck. Yes. But then they came out with this fresh salmon and grilled chicken for lunch, and it just got better and better. They were serving the snacks during the, the forums in the afternoon. All their food was great, but they were also serving water, cucumber water, and Cokes and coffee all day. And honestly, the one thing I didn't feel like trying was the coffee. Because it just came out in the regular urns. Mm -hmm. It had the generic paper cup and paper sleeves and lids to go with it that looked like ripoffs of Starbucks. Yeah. But that was just the way of it, you know, and everybody was walking around. Nobody was complaining about the coffee. And I asked one of my coworkers, I was like, what do you, what do you think of their coffee? And he was like, uh, it's like coffee. Tastes like coffee. I was like, okay, that's not good enough. <laughs> so I opened up the Google maps app and I check around for coffee houses. We were very close to 
uh, what is it, Georgia University. And Georgia Tech. But you were in the city, right? You were yeah, in Atlanta. downtown. Yeah, you were near Georgia Tech. Oh, okay. See, I, I don't know much about the college scene. Yeah, no, you were near Georgia Tech. So I'm confirming that it's within walking distance. It's only one block away. And I found an opportune time between sessions when that wasn't needed that I could make a run. I go down there and I was delighted to find that they were serving counterculture coffee roasts and brewing those. They had the bags of beans and the barista was especially friendly. We got to talking. I got some pour over coffee. I got some uh, drip coffee for my friends and a hot chocolate. They make their own uh, chocolate syrups there. Mm. So one of my friends there at the conference with us, she prefers hot chocolate. So I got that for her and I got a bag of their beans. And that is what we're going to review in a moment. But I wanted to recommend this coffee house to you. It's a very small coffee house, Candesa. I'm uh, not positive about the pronunciation. It's C-A-N-D-E-S-A coffee. And they are great. I just loved the atmosphere in there. And the coffee was delicious. My coworkers who are not really into fussy coffee, they loved their coffees as well. The hot chocolate was a surefire win. So my thanks to their little contribution to our day. And I discovered counterculture coffee roasts. Eric, I have tried a very long time to get my hands on some of these, but it, it seems like God was waiting for this moment to let me get my hands on some because I've been down to Atlanta and I've tried to get some beans from them, but they weren't open. And I've been there three times in X number of years trying really? to get hands on counterculture coffee and I didn't find them. So this time we got them and we got them right here. So I'm ready to talk about them. We're not going to talk about truck stop coffee this week. Ha ha. Uh-huh. We're going to do something more, uh, more exciting. Yes, please. We can throw this out if you want, if you really wanted to talk about the truck stop coffee. Well, we don't have it here, so. Okay. Well, then we'll, we'll talk about this one instead. Yeah, I think that's better. Okay. So what we've got here is it comes in a box. If you're going to pick up counterculture coffee, they don't have coffee houses to my knowledge. Yeah, they they roast for a lot of different uh, wholesale clients, and then and then they I think they sell online. You can buy coffee through their website, yes. um, and you you can go to their their place and buy it there. But but they're they're mainly a training center, counterculture, and is they have very unique center. business hours. If you're going to catch their offices open, yeah, like, so it's like, not easy, like inconvenient or inconvenient, yeah, inconvenient yeah. as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both un and in. And so what it does is it comes in a box, counterculture coffee, different from the norm. It was a nice package. I have to say so myself. It's got a sharp royal blue on top. Then it has this uh, fancy artisanal labeling on the front. It's very colorful, but also modern. It looks like a miniature cereal box. It kind of does, but um, I like to to think of it as... It's even got the little tab like a cereal box. Yeah, you could bust it right open, pour some milk into the miniature snack cereal box and (laughs) eat your your coffee-os. Yeah, it's just <laughs> if if you got this bag ground, you could just you could just pour hot water in the bag and brew right there. So on the side it says it's got pear, green apple, and almond flavors. This is from Bolivia, and it's a single farmer lot. It is a blend. Elevation is seventeen hundred and twenty meters. Blah blah blah. We found a typo on no, the it's, package. It's not a blend. It's a single origin. It's not a blend because it's a hybrid. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking about the varietal. Oh, Typica and Katera. Yeah, yeah, that's the, it's a, the plant itself is a hybrid. It's a, it's a blended plant. It's not a blended uh, bean. Right. And it's a post-harvest process is fermented for 18 to 22 hours and then washed, uh, drying, dried on raised beds. Uh, Harvest time is between June and October, 2015. 
a very nice packaging. I say, if I may say so myself, I've never gotten uh, craft coffee in a box before. So I poured it straight away into my, my tins that I use to keep my beans fresh because the paper, the plastic bag. Yeah. It's obviously not, not meant to be stored in that, in that bag. Cause there's no way to seal the bag. Yeah. It's got a valve, but once you pop it open, there is no, what do you call it? Like Ziploc. No, the top. Yeah, there's no way to close it. I mean, you would, you would have to wrap a rubber band around it or put a twist tie or, or cause there's, there's no, there's no means on the bag itself to, to reclose itself. And it says on here somewhere, well, it said at the coffee house, Candessa, that it was uh, roasted on the 11th. So these are pretty fresh beans. But it doesn't say it on the box anyway? No, no, huh. it doesn't. Hmm. So Eric, what do you think of it? We, we made this as a pour over just a few minutes ago. We used the Kalita Wave to brew it up today. Oh, down here at the bottom of the box, it's important to note in very, very small lettering, it says it's kosher. Great. Mm, this is the first time I've found that on a package of coffee. So I'm going to have to remember all the others weren't kosher. Okay. What do you think of it? It's good. I like it. Um, it's got a little bit of the, uh, the acidity in it as, as most coffees that, that tend to have a bit of acidity, the acidity seems to get, get stronger as it, as it cools. Hmm. When, when it was warm, it had a, um, very balanced, very balanced flavor, but it also had sort of a, a butterscotch sweetness to it. You know, huh. you, you know, butterscotch is is not something I have every day. It, yeah, but it's but it's it's not an overly sweet taste, but it's kind of creamy and but it's but it's also not harsh either. You know, it's it's just it's kind of a just a nice smooth flavor. Yeah, well, that's that's completely. what the the first couple sips had like had caramel, a, bit of a, a butterscotch. Yeah, like but like a caramel, but a lot subtler in, mm -hmm. in, you know, not, not as overly sweet as, as karma would be. Um, as it cooled the acidity, I was getting more of the, more of the green apple. Um, I wasn't really getting what they said, the pear on there wasn't getting Did that you? so much, but I was I getting, got it this morning, getting more but green I'm apple. not getting it now. It's, it's quite tasty. And like, and like we discussed off, off mic before you, you don't see a whole lot of Bolivians in specialty coffee. It's a, a rare thing to find. And when you find one of the, uh, one of the coffees that we sell at, at Thrasher is a, is a Bolivian. And when it's good, it's good. It depends quite a bit. It seems to on, um, on each particular crop, on each particular harvest. Cause, cause sometimes it's, it's outstanding and other times it's like, well, it's, it's still good, but it's not, you know, that could be your mind playing tricks on you too. But when a, when a Bolivian coffee is good, it's, it's one of my favorites. Another comment about the box on the front, it says counterculture coffee at the top. And on the back, it does as well, but it's reversed. It's a mirror image. It's a backwards image. It's like you're seeing right through the package to the label on but the front. But you're not. But you're not, because it's a box. <laughs> <laughs> it, this actually is like a collector's box. You could almost, like it, the geek in me is an Apple box collector. Yeah, I, something you want to put <laughs> put change in or something. Well, no, no. I don't want to risk damaging the box. I'm not going to cut a hole in the top to drop my quarters in. Well, I didn't mean that. I mean, lift the lid on the box, put some change in and close it back up. I have an Apple box shrine I know, I know over here do. in the corner. I know it's behind me. I, I could start, I could start a counterculture box collection. Not wouldn't be surprised if I come next time and find a few more boxes added to your counterculture Collect collection. All the colors. Yeah. They have all the colors in the lineup. Get all seven. 
I, I dislike it because it's different from most of the other roasts that I've had. It doesn't remind me of Thrasher's Bolivian. It's good too. Mm-hmm. And I did notice the pear this morning okay. and pear is a flavor I do like. I it don't, is, yeah. I don't really notice the almond just yet, but I, I've also tried it with the AeroPress and with the Kalita. I personally think that I got better results with this roast with the Kalita. And that is a first. Most all the coffees I've gone through in the past, I got better results with the AeroPress. Really? And this time I... I prefer to finish off the bag using the pour over. Hmm. So this is what my wife and I will probably be having for a few more weeks to finish off the 12 ounces that came in the box. Now that is important to note. I know that this is pretty standard practice, but a lot of the guys will have what you are assuming is a true pound of coffee in the package and it's not, it's 12 ounces, it's not 16. It doesn't make a huge difference, but do consider that when you're making your, your buying decisions because they charge you like they used to do five or 10 years ago for a regular pound. And they're only giving you 12 ounces instead of 16 ounces. Mm-hmm. So the box at the store was seventeen ninety five. That's what you, that's the price you pay for good craft coffee. And hands down, this is good. I think it was worth every cent. I just uh, don't encounter that very often. I prefer to try the coffee before I buy yeah. and they were brewing it yesterday, but I didn't get the chance to try the coffee before making the purchase. So that is one nice thing about going to these craft coffee houses is that oftentimes when they're selling their roasts right there, if you're curious about taking some home, go ahead and try the coffee that they have brewed that day before you buy the bag Mm -hmm. and you can make a better decision based on, you know, what you liked or what you didn't like. Sure. So I had the pour over for that reason, but still it was so hot that I didn't have the chance to try it before I bought the bag and had to leave and get back to the conference. So my thanks to Condessa for that experience in Atlanta and to Counterculture. We'd love to get more reviews of Counterculture Coffee in the future. And I want to see their headquarters. I would like to talk to some of the guys. Maybe one day we'll have them interviewed on the show. Yes. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode, episode 62. Thanks a lot for tagging along, Eric. It was nice, nice seeing you again. Yeah. Glad to be here. My thanks to Thrasher also for sponsoring this taste test as usual. You know, they are a great coffee roaster and we have close association to them. We haven't reviewed any of their coffee just yet. I want to get around to them one of these days though. They sponsor us and instead of giving them a regular sponsor read, we talk about a coffee, any taste testing. And so my thanks to Thrasher for taking good care of us. Especially for bringing us counterculture and not racetrack this week. Not racetrack and not pilot. But I have a feeling that those are going to happen. Great. And uh, thanks again to our listeners for joining us for episode 62 of Top Brew. Show notes with links to everything that we discuss are at topbrew.fm slash 62. Follow at topbrewfm on Twitter or myself. I am JCS Darnell. I want to also give a huge thanks to our sponsors, Thrasher Coffee and to the Magic Coffee Truck. Use the coupon code TOPBREW at thrashercoffee.com to get 25% off of your purchase there. And for the Magic Coffee Chalk, remember to use MAGIC2ME20 to get 20% off any order. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew. Top Brew.